your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow Kami at Kami and G or follow the show Twitter at Locked On Horns. If you got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, you can tweet at us. Uh, just a reminder that this episode of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast is brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. So make sure you head on over to rockauto.com. Get all of your automotive needs. Uh, Cammy, it is Thursday, nine days away. We are Colin Johnson days away from kickoff of the mm-hmm. 2020 college football season for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, but first, I want to dive into the Lockdown Top 25. So this is voted on by the Lockdown host. Uh, now, this top 25 actually has teams from the Big Ten. Uh, it has teams from the Pac-12. Uh, but next week, it's gonna we're going to dumb it down. It's going to be the top 15, and it's only going to have teams that are actually playing. Good. Um, however, before we get into that, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this report last night from Dave Biddle of uh, Bucknuts, which is 24-7's uh, Ohio State Buckeyes website? Um, is that the one that was talking? I've seen a couple different reports out of the Big Ten, but was that talking about the vote that can the happen? Vote, so they're so yeah. they're going to vote on Friday uh, at the earliest. Uh, so I I even tweeted out last night. I said, you know, I said according to this report, they're going to vote. So hold on to your butts because this could get wild. Yeah, it's been wild. I mean, they've totally uh, fumbled that situation in terms of how they've handled this upcoming season. But obviously they're backtracking right now because of the success, I think, uh, uh, that's been going on so far. Obviously, I, I think it was Central Arkansas. Were they the ones who played last week? Yeah, or Central Arkansas was, and Austin yeah. P. Yep. And they had no uh, no positive cases arise after that game or anything. So that was a positive sign. And, and just the way that I think uh, the Big 12 in Texas, for example, are handling everything, um, it kind of makes them wonder whether they could have done something similar and had the same type of success. So uh, to me, it's kind of 50-50. I feel like they're a little too late on that. Um, it's going to be really hard for them to figure out uh, when to start that season, uh, make sure it's completed in time for the college football playoffs and bowl games and things like that. But you're right. It's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah. And the, so the date is they have to be, they have to start playing football by October 10th, which is the Texas OU week. Uh, They would have to start that week to be eligible to participate in the college football playoff. So that's, that's kind of their key right now. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, how that all works out. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's going to be wild. You know, I'm thinking maybe it has something to do with the fact that the uh, Big Ten is being sued by Nebraska players, and now, uh, according to court documents, the Big Ten has to produce documents showing this 11-3 to 3 vote that allegedly took place. Oh, so wow. They're, it, yeah, they're on their tails, and yeah, I, I actually like that because I think they should have been more transparent in terms of their decision-making. I absolutely think that they should have been more transparent in the fact that, you know, you got three schools in Ohio state's one of the ones that uh, apparently voted against postponement. Um, You know, so it's an interesting thing. Let's talk about this top 25. I'm just going to run through it real quick. Top five, Clemson, Ohio state, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. Problems there. Oh no. I think that's realistic. Uh, Coming up next, we got LSU, Penn state, Oregon, Auburn, Florida is your next five. Okay. Um, no, no real surprises there. I think that, I I mean, I guess you could make a case. I'm going back to the top five real quick with Georgia. Now that Newman, um, has opted out, that might make things a little bit different. So they might uh, Uh, slide down. 
I, you see, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you got JT Daniels, quarterback, he transferred over from USC, who's yeah. a pretty good quarterback in his own right. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how, how that plays out. Um, they got Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Michigan in the next five. Okay. Well, uh, that's a little high, I think, for Oklahoma State. Um, but I, I think in terms, Yeah, and I think in terms of Texas A&M and Texas, they should fall around the, I guess, 13 or 14 range. And starting with 16, you got Texas, North Carolina, USC, Central Florida, Utah. Yeah, uh, whatever. I, yeah, and then <laughs> the the final five: Minnesota, Cincinnati, Iowa, Iowa State, and Indiana. Not too bad. I think one that could probably sneak in is SMU. Yeah, I was. I thinking, think they could sneak in on the back end. Uh, you know, to me, SMU I think should have been at least the twenty fifteen. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have a really good football team, and obviously a quarterback uh, that we know very well in Shane Bouchelle. Uh, you know, he's, he's a very talented passer. And if it wouldn't have been for, you know, Sam Ellinger, he'd probably still be here or at least up until oh, last season. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so looking at this, obviously Clemson's the number one football team in America. I think we can all agree on that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, you could go either way, Clemson, Ohio state. I could understand, you know, yeah, that's can flip flop and they typically do sometimes. Yeah, and, on uh, voting, but yeah. and then obviously Alabama, who's, top three seemingly every year right you can actually Uh, probably always include them within the top three as well do you think that oklahoma is too high at five not necessarily just because of their past success and i think the potential on the roster is there but i think with an inexperienced quarterback and obviously kennedy brooks opting out and a couple injuries on defense uh you could argue that they're a little bit high i think without a doubt they need to be within the top 10 but um, I don't expect them to stay at within the top five. No. Yeah, I mean that's going to be a tough one uh, for me when I when I look at who they have, who they don't have. Uh, obviously, Spencer Rattler's an experienced young quarterback. Uh, he doesn't have Kennedy Brooks. He doesn't have C.D. Lamb from a season ago. Um, they have their injury concerns on the defensive side of the ball. They have their own question marks on the offensive line. Uh, but obviously, like we we've talked about, Lincoln Riley is a really good head coach. And so I think based on past success, like you said, you know, they kind of go with that top five. Um, the the one big question I had here is Texas at 16. I obviously had Texas much higher when I submitted my votes uh, mm-hmm. for the top 25. But, yeah, they got – they're going with Texas at 16. Uh, I have a problem with Texas behind A&M. <laughs> well, they've been behind – right behind A&M, it seems like. This, in every poll. Behind in every poll so far. And in every I don't know poll. what's going on with that, but I think Texas has more talent, overall talent on the roster. I think they're just – they just had consistency issues, and they were fairly young the past few seasons. But um, I think you could flip-flop those teams as well. So I think uh, both those teams deserve to be anywhere from probably the uh, 10 to 15 range. So I do think Texas at 16 is a little low. Uh, and then let me let me just throw this one out there. Uh, I think Texas has the better head coach. Oh. I think Tom Herman is better than Jimbo Fisher, personally. I know yeah. Jimbo Fisher has won a national championship out of Florida State. Uh, but you could also say, well, Tom Herman's won a national championship as well because he won one in Ohio State. All righty. So uh, we're going to dive into Tom Herman a little bit more in just a second. But I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Uh, Cami, I don't know if you're like me. I like staying inside and not going to the store if I don't have to. If you got a <laughs> drive through I'm great. But if I got to get out, put on my mask, I mean, 
you know, being safe. I just don't like to go in, and especially when it comes to the auto. I don't want to go over to O'Reilly's AutoZone, put on my mask, go talk to the guy inside, try to figure out what the best brand is, what the best model is, and pricing and, and all that. Just go to rockauto.com. It's simple. It's easy. It's convenient. Every make, every model, every design that you can think of. Headlights. Maybe you need some spark plugs. Maybe you're like Ross Jackson and you need a new tailgate for your truck because the last one got stolen. You can go to rockauto.com. Easy checkout. But when you check out, tell me your friends over at Locked On Longhorn sent you. All right, Kevin, we talked a little bit about Tom Herman in the previous segment. Uh, obviously, I, maybe it's a hot take for some, but I think, you know, he's a better head coach than Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher. Uh, the Dodd Trophy Award watch list came out today. I and- saw that, and that's for, uh, well, one, I think we should make two points there. One, that's obviously for, I guess, the best head coach job, uh, both on and off the field. I know they take that in consideration, but uh, I, I liked how on this particular watch list, they only included the coaches that were expecting to play this fall. Absolutely. So this is a, this is straight from the uh, press release I received this morning from them. Uh, the Dodd Trophy, college football's most coveted national coaching award, celebrates the head coach of a team who enjoys success on the gridiron while also stressing the importance of scholarship, leadership, and integrity, the three pillars of legendary coach Bobby Dodd's coaching philosophy. So here's the list of the coaches, including Tom Herman. You got Dabo Sweeney of Clemson, Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, Nick Saban, Alabama, Josh Heupel, Central Florida, Gus Malzahn of Auburn, Dan Mullen, Florida, Bronco Mendenhall, BYU, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, Kirby Smart, Georgia, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, Mac Brown, North Carolina, and Ed Orgeron of LSU. Ooh, Mac Brown's on there. Well, I mean, typically I would probably lean towards um, someone like Sweeney or Saban or things like that, even Kirby Smart or something. But I think in terms of what Herman has done off the field in terms of his leadership and things like that, and uh, he basically mentioned he would run through a, a brick wall for that team, and he really would. And he's always been the first one to speak up, I feel like, throughout all the issues going on this offseason. So, um, yeah, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't at least a finalist for this. Yeah, uh, he was not a finalist last year, but uh, he's back on the list this year. Uh, maybe a lot of people probably don't know or maybe just don't remember, but Mac Brown actually won this award as the head coach of the University of Texas in 2008. Ooh. Well, yeah, I think Herman, I guess on the field-wise, obviously has to probably at least compete for that Big 12 championship game and um, hopefully sneak into the college football playoffs. But I just think he needs more consistency in terms of an overall uh, coaching resume, I guess. But um, off the field, I think he's by far leading that group in terms of what he's done this offseason. Was there anyone on this list that you didn't see that's kind of shocking? Um. Not quite when you take into consideration it's just the teams that are expecting to play this fall. Um, no, I think so. what? Wait, wait a minute. There's no Jimbo Fisher on here. Oh, oh, God. I thought you were making it seem like I actually forgot someone. I was like, oh, yeah. gosh. But no, he got into that trouble and stuff. Remember, they were recruiting, yep. stalling yep. out or whatever. But um, And I don't think he's had an ex- or is expected to have enough success this season on the field, especially with that SEC schedule. So um, I think it's, I think there's certain coaches on there that have been fairly quiet in terms of their leadership this off season that um, would probably kind of put them further down on the list to me. But like I mentioned, I think Tom Herman should definitely be a finalist. 
He should be. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So Dan Walken of the USA Today put out a article on hot seats when it comes to college football in 2020. Obviously, the hot seat is a topic that has come up time and time again when it comes to Tom Herman. Everybody wants to put him on the hot seat. Uh, mm-hmm. But Dan Walken was saying in this current environment, COVID-19, the pandemic, he said it's almost impossible to put a coach on a hot seat this year because it's the it's so unprecedented for these coaches this year. And not only that, how do you justify firing a coach who you still owe money to during yeah. the pandemic when they're trying to, as you're seeing all these budget cuts, I mean, Texas had to make, a, you know, a substantial amount of budget cuts for their uh, shortfall that's expected because of the, the pandemic. So uh, I think it makes a lot of sense there, but you know, it's funny because it saves coaches like Clay Helton at USC because I think Clay Helton would have been fired after this upcoming season. Yeah. And it's actually kind of funny that we're discussing this because for a while I felt like uh, we were all mentioning maybe Tom Herman's on the hot seat and it feels like this off season, that's totally just changed. I think, I don't know if it's his recruiting success, um, how he's handled the team and culture off of the field. I'm not really sure, but he definitely doesn't appear to me to be on a hot seat, but I completely agree with that report that um, there shouldn't, I guess, be a hot seat because this is such a fluid situation. There might be times where uh, uh, an entire position group maybe um, has to quarantine or something throughout the season. So how can you really, um, I don't know, grade that uh, type of production and things like that? Because it's completely out of a coach's hands when it comes down to that. So um, I agree that there should kind of always be an asterisk on this season in terms of coaching for sure. Yeah. And I think it's funny because you had Chris Del Conte, the athletic director at Texas, you know, he even said, you know, Tom safe, like, he said there's nothing that's going to happen this year will cause them to want to make a move, especially, right. especially the, the sweeping changes they made on the coaching staff. Now, if he has a clunker this season going into next year, I can believe it. If you want to put him on the hot list then, uh, but Hey, some, some crazy news that happened yesterday. I don't know if you saw us, uh, Texas legendary running back Earl Campbell made a special delivery to celebrity chef Guy Fieri, where he brought him, get this, a Longhorn. Oh, yeah. that And I it was huge. I want to say was it was massive. like bigger than me. That thing was massive. I, I want to know, like, was he – was so was Earl Campbell driving a truck because he'd had to put that in the bed of the truck? That oh, thing yeah. Was it had to be uh, a truck or an SUV because it was probably, yeah, probably bigger than me. I mean, how cool is that? You know, you're just chilling, and then uh, Earl Campbell drives three and a half hours to come bring you a Longhorn that he signed. It was just funny because when uh, Guy Fieri tweeted it out, he was like, this is like my all-time favorite player. So, I mean, imagine, Cammy, that would be like uh, Tony, Tony Romo. I know. <laughs> and it, mean, it means so much more when you deliver something in person. I guess it's more heartfelt and things like that. So the fact that it's his favorite player, and um, it was a really cool gift in general. I know he had his autograph right on the front of that Longhorn, so – that was a really cool moment for him. Yeah, all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about college football that returns tonight. Kami, I don't know about you, but Thursday nights are great, right? College football. It's they back. are finally something to watch. I'm looking forward to it. I don't even honestly, I don't even care who's playing. I'm just excited to watch. Well, you know, so last week we had Austin P in Central Arkansas. Uh, yeah. This week, Central Arkansas is back for their second game. What? Uh, they yeah, are that's trapped. kind of odd. I didn't realize that. 
They're traveling to Alabama to play University of Alabama Birmingham Blazers. They're playing the Dragons. Uh, that, so that's that's going to go on tonight. Uh, heavy favorites. Uh, UAB is heavy favorites in this game. Their line is – they're favored by 20 and a half points. So basically they're favored by three touchdowns. Yeah. Might not be that uh, exciting of a game, but, hey, it's college football. It is college football. You know, that's that's an exciting game, though. I mean, you, you have to get excited because uh, UAB is uh, supposedly pretty good this year. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so you get excited about that, and considering they kind of shut down the football program a few years back, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that excitement around them once again. Uh, I know a lot of fans get excited. But but for me personally, it's football, right? And and that's why I'm excited because we're getting so ready for college football to return. So it's nice to see these games, obviously, in in week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have tonight uh, South Alabama versus USM University of Southern Mississippi. Well, two games. I don't honestly know much about uh, either of those teams. But what does the spread look like? Uh, Southern Miss is a two touchdown favorite. They're a favorite. They're at a 13 and a half. So two touchdowns. So if you had to, you had to make your picks tonight. Are you, are you, are you going underdog or are you sticking with the favorites tonight? No, I'm going to stick with the favorites tonight. I think that's a little too high of a spread for me to kind of play with. You know, I, I think the teams that are favorite are going to win, but I'm going to go with South Alabama to cover the 13 and a half. And I'm gonna go with Central Arkansas to cover against UAB. Huh. I still think I still think the two home teams are gonna win tonight. Uh, yeah. But I, I think the road team. I think it'll be a little closer. Yeah. I think it'll be a little closer. Uh, you know, Week One was pretty sloppy. Uh, if, you, if you watch the Central Arkansas game um, against Austin P, I mean, the first play from scrimmage was a 75 yard touchdown. So, <laughs> it, it, you know, the, they got it. You know, without the ability to have as much, you know, tackling and as and mm-hmm. as much pad work and and all that, you you expect some of that thing. So maybe because Central Arkansas they've gone through this, uh, maybe a little more crisp tonight. Uh, but you know, it's it's going to be interesting to watch these games. Obviously, we also have uh, UTEP coming up this weekend. Uh, we're going to get a, talk a lot about them on tomorrow's episode um, because. They're going to be opening up their season. We're going to get our first look at them and kind of see where they are. I mean, not not a whole lot is expected. I mean, I don't think anything's going to change. I think Texas is still going to be heavy, 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 heavy favorites uh, in that game coming up. Uh, So that is something that we are going to get into a lot tomorrow. Uh, Cammie, were there any surprises this week, Uh, news coming down in the college football landscape that you were kind of like, uh, surprised by maybe it was the uh, opt out of uh, Jamar Chase. A uh, couple of the opt outs, yeah. Newman and Chase both kind of surprised me, but but I get it. I mean, it, I think it's typically uh, you're taking not only the pandemic and COVID and things like that in con- consideration. Um, they're going to be obviously highly sought after uh, draft picks, so their health comes into play and uh, things like that. And you don't really want um, and. I, I more so agree with Jamar Chase over at LSU because it's a new quarterback. Um, he obviously had a solid season last year. He wants to stay healthy. He's going to be a top 10 pick. I completely understand uh, someone opting out for that reason. But I think what was more surprising to me this week was the Big Ten news. I really didn't think they were going to try and turn around that quickly. I thought they were going to kind of uh, sit there and um, in the bed they made, basically. So I thought they completely bobbled that. 
uh, to where it was too late to turn around and go back, but I'd be very um, curious to see how they handle this going forward now. Okay, so a couple of comments I have there. I'm surprised too on the Big Ten thing, uh, especially the the rumor uh, coming out that they're going to have a vote by Friday. That's interesting to me. Uh, Jamie Newman, let me just say this. Without Jamie Newman playing this season, I'm just going to tell you right now, Sam Ellinger is going to get drafted before Jamie Newman. I know. I saw your tweet. I thought that was a bold take, but at the same time, a lot of extremely people realistic. Extremely uh, realistic. It was extremely realistic. Uh, um, Justin Wells of Inside Texas, you know, he, he he even tweeted at me. He goes, no, that's the correct take. Um, and then, obviously, anytime you mention the word Sam and or Ellinger, uh, Oklahoma fans come out of the woodworks, and they did. Uh, I was told he's not an NFL quarterback, and I'm like, well, you know, we had Dane Brugler on the show, and he told me he is, so. Yeah, and he said a, a team had him as high as the second round. So I don't, I don't think it's out of the question. I think if he has another solid season, if not better than his impressive junior year, then yeah, he's definitely going to get drafted ahead and, of him. And considering almost every major college uh, NFL draft analyst uh, that I've come across, they have Sam Ellinger as a top five quarterback. Uh, right. So you know, I'll go with that over the Oklahoma guy who's hiding behind the uh, the picture of the logo and a fake name. He's not even put, put your name on it. Put your face on it. Uh, Jamar Chase. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, do you think for a second Jamar Chase called up Lyle Collins at the Cowboys and said, hey, man, we got Scott Linehan down here, and Lyle said, dude, get out of there. <laughs> oh, God. Get out. I, I did not know where you are going with that, but that is hilarious. Um, I, I, no, know, I don't think that happened, but, yes, that's funny. One of uh, Actually, one of our listeners, Xavier Forte, he actually he, he texted me that last night. He said, this is what I think. And, I, you know, I thought it was funny, so I had to mention it on the show. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns podcast. Uh, make sure you're tuning in to your favorite show. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com. They got all your favorite teams, NFL, NHL, NBA. Uh, you know, if you want to you want to catch up with basketball, you got to check them all out. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com. Find it wherever you listen to your podcast. But for Cammie, I'm Patrick. As always. Keep it locked on. Welcome. Okay.